Welcome to the OT Potential Podcast, where each week we review one influential OT-related journal article. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Sarah Lyon, OTRL, and I'm so excited that you are taking time from your busy OT life to join us today. It is summertime here in beautiful Aurora, Nebraska. My son is out of preschool and we are just loving the beautiful summer weather. And I hope wherever you are, you are also enjoying some nice weather and maybe a transition of season. We've had a great week at OT Potential. This week we released an updated version of our student fieldwork manual. This manual was something that I was really passionate about creating after experiencing the work that comes with hosting a student and how there are just times when you need uh, guidance and the student is looking for guidance in how to handle certain situations and they're looking for guidance on what to do and how to fill their time. And so I looked at recommendations from the AOTA and other fieldwork manuals and compiled this manual for you that lays out expectations, communication channels, really anything that you need to have in writing when you have a student. And with this most recent update, I made it into a Google Doc as well. It was already a PDF in Word document. I had gotten feedback from multiple people that having it in a Google Doc would make it easier for you to modify for your fieldwork site. So I finally got that done and that is live on the website. But enough about that. I am ready to dive into this article today. I try hard not to choose favorites among things, but this is definitely one of my favorite articles that we've reviewed so far. Um, As you'll hear, there are lots of things that make it special, notably that it's an article that really lays out best practices for you. This article comes to us from Frontiers in Human Neuroscience. This journal has an impact factor of 2.87, which makes it pretty comparable to AJOT, the American Journal of Occupational Therapy, in terms of its influence. If you recall from our previous episodes, impact factor is the average number of times that an article is cited in another journal in a given year. So it's just a handy way to measure influence of the article. If you're a member of the OT Potential Club, this will be our article of the week for May 20th to May 26th of 2019. And as always, a comment with the most likes at 9 o'clock on Sunday, 526, will receive $100. So the title of this week's article is this, Rehabilitation of Motor Function After Stroke colon, a multiple systematic review focused on techniques to stimulate upper extremity recovery. Again, this article comes to us from the Journal of Frontiers in Human Neuroscience. It was published in 2016, and this article is ranked 11th on our list of the 50 most influential OT articles. So as you probably heard in the title, this article is a systematic review, and I'm really excited because this is the first systematic review that we've had on the podcast so far. And what's exciting about this is if you picture the image of research hierarchy that you might recall, even if it's somewhat vaguely from OT school, at the very top of the pyramid is systematic reviews, and it's the most rigorous form of research study because what it's doing is taking lots of 
randomized controlled trials and things from lower in the pyramid and analyzing those and reviewing them to really pull what is the best practices as evidenced in multiple other studies. So it's the top of the pyramid because there's not as many of those out there because it is such a rigorous form of study. And so when one of them comes up, that's definitely something that we want to key into and pay attention to. And like I said before, this is one of my favorite articles that we've reviewed for this reason. The article really outlines different modalities for how we treat stroke and what works and what doesn't. And it gives a really great explanation of each modality and kind of the theories behind it. So if you are someone that works with stroke patients, I highly recommend that you seek out this article and take the... 10-15 minutes that it would take to read it. Um, I also think that this would be a great article to incorporate into a school curriculum if you happen to be a professor or a student because it just gives you such a great overview of where we're at with stroke rehab. So let's look at the details of this multiple systematic review. The article comes to us from Belgium. And as a side note, when I first started, I was a little thrown off by the slightly different use of verbiage in the article, but overall, I found it to be a pretty easy read and really got used to the different verbiage as I got into it. The article reviewed 26 different treatment modalities that related to stroke rehabilitation for the upper extremity. The articles that they looked at were randomized controlled trials, systematic reviews, and meta-analyses. The authors originally pulled 5,712 articles, but ultimately only 270 articles were included in this review. It's important to note that they looked at research from three different stages of stroke, which they categorized as acute stroke, which is within the first month after a stroke, subacute, which is between months one and six, and chronic stroke, which is longer than six months after the original incident. With these 26 treatment modalities, they ultimately ended up recommending it or not recommending it, and those modalities that were recommended showed superior efficacy compared to another rehabilitation intervention. And then these recommended interventions were broken down into primary rehabilitation interventions, ones that kind of stood alone, and then also adjuvant in interventions that showed efficacy when they were paired with these primary interventions. The article uses the term adjuvant throughout, but I'm going to use the word adjunct as that is a word I'm more familiar with. So let's just dive into the modalities that the review ultimately ends up recommending. Like I said, the review includes really great descriptions of these, and if you're interested in one particular one, I encourage you to read that section. And then there is also a lot of supplementary material where you could really dig in if you're interested in one specific modality. So the treatment modalities that the article recommends as that primary rehab intervention are muscle strengthening exercises, constraint-induced movement therapy, mere therapy, and botulinum toxin, which is a medication that's used. The rehabilitation approaches that they suggested as an adjunct therapy are mental practice with motor imagery, high-frequency transcutaneous electrical nerve stimulation, passive neuromuscular electrical stimulation, repetitive transcranial magnetic stimulation, 
transcranial direct current stimulation, SSRI and NARI antidepressants, and again, botulinum toxin. I hope I'm saying that word correctly. And finally, virtual reality. And what's really great about the article is they actually have a decision tree for you, which means they kind of lay out which patients would benefit the most from these interventions. For example, they group the patients into that acute, subacute, and chronic phase, and then talk about the degree to hand movement they have and whether they have uh, spasticity, and then let you know which of those interventions would be the best for that patient. So it makes decision-making on what modality to provide to your stroke patient pretty straightforward. And I think the chart is really helpful, so I hope that you will check it out. Okay, now we're going to head into the interventions that were not recommended. But I want to qualify that by saying that the article itself definitely states that they're taking a very conservative approach in their recommendations. They definitely listed the ones that have the best evidence. And kind of the thought was, why try one of these other approaches when there's these other modalities that have strong evidence behind them. Um, I don't think that all the approaches that I'm going to list are irrelevant um, and don't have a future, but just based on this article, these approaches fell into their not recommended category. The first group of not recommended treatments simply didn't have evidence that showed efficacy for upper extremity motor outcomes. So there were quality uh, studies done about them, but they just didn't have very strong results. And so this first group is the bow bath concept, manual passive stretching, bilateral training, and robot-assisted therapy. Robot-assisted therapy is definitely the one that stands out to me on that list. And that is one where I would highlight by saying I bet that there is a future for robot-assisted therapy. The field is changing so rapidly, but just at the time that this was written in 2016, there just wasn't the evidence to back up that it was superior to the treatment techniques I mentioned before. So then we'll head into one more list of interventions that were not recommended. And these were not recommended simply because there was not enough data to really evaluate them. Whether there was some good data or not good data, they kind of got put together into this list of simply not enough data. And these treatment modalities are the Perfetti method, the Picard method, isokinetic muscle strengthening, device-assisted stretching, motor skill learning techniques other than constraint-induced movement therapy, movement observation, motor imitation, electroacupuncture, low-frequency TENS, electromyography-triggered neuromuscular stimulation, theta burst stimulation, paired associative stimulation, deep brain stimulation, virtual immersion, serious gaming, passive music-supported therapy. So like I said before, the conservative nature of this article was to say if you had the choice between one of these treatment modalities or one with uh, the stronger base of evidence support, choose the stronger base of evidence support. And finally, the article added that there are new technologies that are coming out that simply didn't make it into this review, and that is brain-computer interface technologies and functional electrical stimulation. 
So this is a rapidly evolving field, and I'll definitely be looking forward to the next systematic review that we see on this topic. So let's head into my key takeaways from this article. Actually, usually the takeaways are somewhat of my own, but the discussion of this article was really good. Um, so I am deriving these takeaways directly from the article. And the first takeaway is this, that upper extremity rehab after stroke can work. This review indicates that functional recovery from stroke is positively influenced by goal-specific sensory motor input through training or everyday use of the affected arm and hand. The second takeaway was this, modalities that were really task-oriented may not translate to broader functional improvements. As the article says, you gain what you train. So while task-oriented training may improve performance in a specific task, subsequent improvements did not transfer to improving participation in activities of daily living. And last, we need to stay focused on real-world activity-related input. Uh, that is a takeaway that I knew we would love as occupational therapists. And here's a direct quote from the article. It also seems that the impact of rehabilitation technology of functional outcome could be optimized by offering more chances to the nervous system to experience real and repetitive activity-related adequate sensory motor input during the training of upper limb movement instead of task-specific exercises. So that's my really high-level overview of this article. Like I said, I really enjoyed this read, and I had tons of underlines everywhere and stars that I wish I could share all of it with you, but I really encourage you to uh, seek out this article and read it for yourself if it is uh, a topic that's interesting to you. I assume it is since you've made it this far in our podcast. And as always, if you would like to discuss this article further or have an archive of my written review, I encourage you to join the OT Potential Club, where I also provide some tips on how you might write your documentation when working with stroke patients in light of this article. And as always, the person who made the most like comment in our forum each week receives $100. So head on over to otpotential.com to sign in or get started. And if that isn't your thing, that's totally fine. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast today. I hope you consider subscribing and I hope you are all enjoying some good summer weather and give great care this week. <laughs>